listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. The title may have looked a little odd to you tonight. Do not be ashamed of your, and then I just used all of the punctuation marks. I'm not cursing. However, I will say this. Um, what we're going to talk about tonight, <laughs> it's not cartoon cursing. Uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, though, which is interesting to me, is considered, what's up, Josh, a dirty word in a lot of churches a dirty word in portions of Christianity. And um, I want to I hit this tonight because, and tonight's going to be a little bit of a rant. It's just going to be a little bit of a rant tonight, so just kind of buckle up. I'll give you some things for your notes. I'll give you some things for the comments. But um, just a little bit of a rant. There's another rogue mosquito. Die in Jesus' name and never come back. Got him. I got him. Um, I want to talk about this tonight because where we're headed in 2024 is going to be, and I'm talking to the faithful people of God, those that believe what we're talking about. Where we're headed in 2024 is going to be so mind-blowing that people won't understand it. Hey, Miss Suzanne Caperton, Christina's in the house, Hunter, Josh Prado, Christina Garcia, Tammy. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm ranting a little bit tonight and it needs to be said because I want to set your faith in a place right here at the beginning of the year and put your boldness in a place that as we move forward through 12 months of 2024, it will be uncommon. It is going to be different and people won't understand it. That's the kind of different it's going to be. That's the kind of different it's going to be. Um, I mean, we're only what a couple weeks into the year. If you're a part of Miracle Word Church, we're gonna have a we're gonna share a testimony on Sunday morning. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Uncommon. That's the kind of year we've stepped into, and we've and we're not even what we're not even two weeks into the year, and we're gonna share an uncommon testimony. Some of our members at Miracle Word Church have an uncommon. Testimony. And I'm just setting your faith in place at the beginning of the year. Because as we go through 2024, this year is going to be such a different kind of year that people that are looking and observing what's happening aren't going to understand. They'll look from the outside in and they'll just not be able to comprehend it. It doesn't compute. It doesn't compute in the natural mind. So you're going to have to have two things. And that's what this this broadcast, this rant is going to be about. You got to have two things. Number one, you have to have a mindset that refuses to be ashamed. And then you have to have, number two, a boldness come on you. A new kind of boldness to hit you in a new year uh, to take possession of what God said is yours. And the word that I've gotten there that somebody called cartoon cursing, uh, I'm going to use the word prosperity. And I can't understand why it's a dirty word in so many churches. 
in portions of Christianity. You hear the phrase prosperity gospel as though it's some kind of a negative thing, some kind of an evil thing, a bad thing. Oh, he preaches that prosperity gospel. And I'm going to tell you, and I want you to put it um, in the comments, do not be ashamed of your prosperity. In fact, make it personal. Say, I won't be ashamed of my prosperity. I refuse to be ashamed of my prosperity in Jesus' name. And I'm going to show you some things from the word of God tonight. But then on the other side of that, we're going to talk through this. And I'm going to show you why not only do you need to develop a mindset that I am unashamed of my prosperity, but on the other side of that, I've got a boldness to step forward and take what God said is mine in 2024 under open heavens, under open heavens. I will not be ashamed of my prosperity. You better not be. God gave it to you. Don't be ashamed of what God gave you. And this is not a man-made theology. This is not a man-made thing. This is something that God did through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, in the life of Jesus, in the early church. I mean, it's, it's amazing how God provides. It's amazing how he takes us into the more than enough. Absolutely amazing. Our God is so great that you can't even fully describe his greatness. You can try, but you, can, you can't fully describe his greatness. Dr. Um, S.M. Lockridge, in that famous message, I've played it on here before, um, that's my king. If you've ever heard us play that, that that's one of the most powerful uh, messages. That's my king. And he says all those things about uh, Jesus. But one of the things he says about the Lord in that, in that sermon, he says it this way, no far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. <laughs> I love that phrase. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of God's shoreless supply. There are no shores. It's just an ocean. There are no shores. There's just an ocean of his supply. Hallelujah. There are no shores. It's just an ocean of his supply. I love that phrase. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. That's because there is no end to it. That's why you can't see the end. That's why there's no coast. Oh, there's the coast. There's the end of where his supply comes to an end. There is no end to his supply. There is no end to his ability to take you into the more than enough. None. There's none. There's never a recession in heaven. There's never a, a, an ep economic downturn in the new Jerusalem. There is none because God doesn't know anything about that. He doesn't know anything about that. He's more than enough all the time. And this is something you have to make up in your mind. I refuse to be ashamed. I use this sometimes, this story. I was preaching a revival and I can remember it was a, it was a morning. I was, I was leaving the hotel. As I was walking out of the hotel in the lobby, they had on all the TVs in the lobby, this expose that was going on. And this expose was talking about a preacher who uh, his donors, his partners had come together and purchased for their ministry uh, a $65 million jet. And you know, the, the 
people on the news program were bent out of shape. You know, this preacher now has a $65 million jet. And isn't it interesting to you that when they do these stories, they make it sound as though uh, like somehow a preacher embezzled money out of his ministry or misappropriated funds out of his ministry to buy a $65 million jet. When in reality, it's a vision he'd been casting to his ministry partners, to the people that attend his church. It's a vision they've been casting. It's something that they've been presenting, not only to the people, but to the Lord for the purpose of their ministry. And the partners were on board and the partners had been sewing and the money came through and they, they purchased the $65 million jet. It's not like, and I love how they always try to make it like it's an expose, like he dipped his hand in the pot and pulled out $65 million to buy a plane. It's not, they presented it as the vision of something they were doing in the ministry. And it came through and everybody was on board, everyone sewed, and they purchased the thing. God brought the increase. Do you know, do you want to know an interesting thing? I'll tell you, this is a side story. There was, there was a, another minister who was believing for a, a, a jet that was about the same amount of money. And um, I can remember this is so funny. And now I want you to think of this. I want you to think of this. I'm going to give you an object lesson here. I was kind of going back and forth with people on social media, which I don't even bother to do anymore. Back then I did because I was trying to explain the position. Now I just let people think whatever they want to think. It's not my business to try to persuade you. But this, this minister, you know, he was doing the same. He was raising funds. They were going to do it for the crusades. They were doing all the things they were doing and, um, a lot of pushback. And so he took it down from the public and only presented it to the people that were directly connected to his ministry, his church people and stuff like that. After they'd done an expose, do you want to know? Because see, here's the thing. If God's behind something, it's going to get done. If God's behind something, it's going to get done. And one man, I want you to think of it, about this, a Middle Eastern man that had money from oil and investments sent the pastor one check and purchased the whole 60-something million dollar plane. One check from one person. Hear what I'm telling you tonight. One check from one person, one transfer. If God wants to do something, it's getting done, no matter who gripes and complains and moans about it. And there won't be people that understand. So I leave the hotel and I'm watching these people do this expose on a preacher who had bought, bought a jet and how crazy it was, you know, and I knew the preacher, uh, his schedule, he's all over the place preaching. And then I tell this, it wasn't long after that, <laughs> that I, uh, I saw the Toronto Raptors win the NBA championship. And when they did, rapper Drake, who has his own, it's not even a private jet, it's like an airline, it's like a commercial airline level plane, like a 747. That not only did he buy a 747 plane, but before Virgil Abloh passed away, who was one of the chief designers at Louis Vuitton, he had... Virgil Abloh came in and, and designed the interior of Drake's plane, the interior of Drake's plane and different sections of the plane had different sections of Louis Vuitton colored print, like a white Louis Vuitton section, a black Louis Vuitton section throughout the plane. And I read that he actually spent more 
designing the interior of the plane than he paid for the actual plane. And after the Toronto Raptors, and of course, if you don't know, rapper Drake is Canadian, and um, he was, he's, you know, courtside at all these Raptors games, and he took the team, the Raptors team, into his plane, and they kind of flew over the city of Toronto all that night, partying and just, you know, hanging out and doing whatever. And there was a news report on that. And I saw that news report, and they were, you know, bragging about it in the same way, if you're old enough to remember this, that they would have presented something like on MTV Cribs. Look how awesome this mansion is. Look how awesome these cars are. And that's how they were talking about it on the news. Rapper Drake takes the entire Toronto Raptors up into his plane. They're partying all night over the city of Toronto. There was no expose. And these are the, now listen, these are the same these are the same people that will be all up in your face on the on the news channel about climate change and uh, you know we need to get out. There's pe- these people having their cars and jets and we got to get out of that. Got to get to electric. And he's just sitting there for no reason. They could have gone to a club. They could have done it in a mansion. They could have done it like nope, flying, jet fuel <laughs> in the air. They didn't, they didn't say anything about that. No, no. Oh, rapper Drake up with the Toronto Raptors. And I thought how hilarious. Zach, is that how much money he spent on the interior of the plane? Yes or no? Zach's putting in the comments $100 million. Or is that the total cost purchasing the plane and designing it? I'd love to know. Is that only the interior or is that the cost of the plane and the refurbs inside? So so he's all, all night long over the, over the city. Nobody's, nobody's doing an expose. How, how dare he? spend all that money on jet fuel when there's so many hungry children in the world. They never say that. Wow, look at that. 185 million is the value of the plane, 100 million for the interior. 185 million dollars for the plane, 100 million for the interior. There's nobody online, there was nobody in the on the news. How dare Drake do all this and just frivolously spend all this money to just fly over the city with all this jet fuel being expended when there's so many hungry children in the world. They didn't have any of that to say. None of that to say. But you let, let a Christian, let a preacher get a plane and go and hold meetings and hold crusades and preach the gospel and go from one city to the next doing the work of God and everybody's all up in arms. You know why? Because the spirit of this, it's a 767. It's not a 747. It's a 767 jet. But let a Christian get blessed. Let a Christian go to the next level financially. Let a Christian get wealthy. And then they come out of the woodwork. Well, how dare, don't you know as a Christian, you're supposed to have nothing? Don't you know you're supposed to give it all away? Is that truly the message of Christianity? That you're supposed to give everything you have away? Did Peter... Jesus' own disciple give everything he had away because he followed Jesus? Or did he still have ships on the shore? Did he still have servants that were working for him? Did he still have a house where his wife and his mother-in-law lived? And he brought the disciples and he brought Jesus to entertain them at his house. He didn't give everything away. The message of Christianity is not give everything away. And even if you did, There's something called seed time and harvest that if you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap till you don't have enough room to carry it all. Whatsoever uh, a man sows, that shall he also reap. So you can try to outgive God, but you can never outgive God's system. It's impossible to outgive God's system. 
Now, you can be a poor steward and have things come back into you and spend it all away. You can do that. But you can't outgive God. You can't overrun his system of sowing and reaping. You can't do it. Who's going to make God a liar by overdoing his system of sowing and reaping? It's impossible. You can't do it. You can take your harvest when it comes back and not be diligent and not be a steward and waste it and then end up with nothing, but you can't do it by sowing it all away. But the message of Christianity is not even give everything away. That's not the message of Christianity. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed. You will have more than enough to bless others, to make an impact in your generation. That's the whole point. God's not looking for a poor, broken church. No, he's looking for a church he can bless, and as he blesses them, they were faithful over a little, so now he'll make them ruler over much, and now they can make an impact in their generation, in their world. God's not against that. Don't be ashamed of your prosperity, and don't let anybody ever make you feel ashamed. When I told you, uh, you know, Miracle Word Church, one of the places we're meeting right now till the building's done is in the embassy suites. There's another room across the way, where an, a much smaller room, where another church meets. And some of the staff of the hotel told our staff, you know, this church over here, they're talking about you guys all the time. What? Talking about us for what reason? Oh, yeah, that church is all about money, money, money. And, and that's, and, and you know, what trying to shame us because we believe in the blessing of God. That's not all I preach about. In fact, I don't think I've preached a message about money since we've had the church. I take the offering, I exhort before each offering and encourage people's faith, but my messages, I don't I've I've got notes on every message that I've preached at our church since the beginning, and I don't think I've preached one message on finances. It's always been about healing, the blood of Jesus, salvation, revival, breakthrough, whatever. But here they're, they're just about money, money, money. And let me tell you something. The world and even religious people don't want you mentioning the message of sowing and reaping. They, if you want to stay small, that's fine. Stay small. We're not called to be small. We're going to another level. And to go to another level, it takes the resources God has for you to go to another level. Hallelujah. Don't be ashamed of your prosperity. Don't be ashamed of your prosperity. Listen to what God did for, for Abraham, the father of our faith. I want to read you starting in, in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I'll show you. I'll make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I'll make your name great so that you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Go one chapter over, and you get to the 13th chapter uh, of Genesis. And what does the Bible say? It says that God blessed Abraham. Whew, hallelujah. Verse 2, and he was very rich in livestock and silver. And gold. <laughs> he was rich in what? Livestock and silver and gold. Who did that? Did the devil do that? Did the devil bless Abraham or did God bless him? Didn't God just get done saying, I'll bless you, I'll make you great, and you'll be a blessing? The devil didn't bless him. God blessed him. God blessed Isaac, his son. Do you know God blessed Isaac so much that when he moved into the land of Gerar, the king came. 
and said to him, you need to move away from here. You've got to move away because you've become too mighty for us. You've become too great for us. You're too much. You have too many servants. You have too much property. You have too much land. We need you to move somewhere else. You've become too great for us. You're too great. God blessed Jacob, Abraham's grandson, so much that even though people tried to steal from him, you couldn't steal enough. God just kept on blessing him. His own uncle tried to cheat him. But God blessed him to the place where even his uncle couldn't steal from him what God said was his. And he blessed him so abundantly, there was nothing else that could be done. Couldn't do anything about it. Don't be ashamed. God blessed David so much, King David, that by the end of his life, not from the treasury of the kingdom, from his own personal treasury, from his own personal treasury, David sowed gold and silver that in today's uh, finances would equal $6 billion. That's how blessed David was. $6 billion. His elders started following his example of giving, and they started giving. Well, his elders were also blessed. You know what the total offering was in gold and silver? Over $20 billion in modern-day currency. $20 billion. And then people want to make God's people feel ashamed because we're blessed. There's always somebody that's going to come up to you with some kind of a comment. Oh, got a new car, did you? That must be really nice. Really nice. <laughs> you know what I like? I like seeing the bewildered look on people's faces. When they board the plane and they come through first class cabin and the first class cabin is basically me, all my family and all of our staff that are traveling to a revival meeting. And people are going by and there's just my tiny son who's not so tiny anymore, just sitting there on his iPad with Spider-Man headphones on with his feet up in the chair, drinking a Coke and eating a meal. <laughs> and people are going by like, what is going on? And my little daughter in the back and my other daughter sitting on the side of my wife and our, our team with us and people going by. We actually had a, um, a stewardess comment on that one time that we had, basically you guys filled our whole, our whole uh, first class cabin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> This is the Miracle Word team up here in the front. We took all the seats. There's no more seats. <laughs> yeah. And people, you want us to feel ashamed? Well, you know, you really could have saved God some money if you would have just all had uh, economy class tickets. <laughs> do you think God needs to have money saved for him? You think God's broke? You, do you honestly think? Do people think that God is up in heaven standing in line at Publix with coupons trying to get the, the green beans down from $3.99 to $3.79? Actually, I have a coupon for that. Uh, not going to pay full price on those green beans. No. God is a more than enough God. Can I tell you? I, I was wondering because I, you know, when I first got when I first came down here, I thought to myself, Lord, I'm an evangelist. You're moving me to the tip of Florida, and I drive with my family to all of our revivals. And now, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, this is my natural brain thinking like this back then. You're like, man, now if I drive out of Florida, I'll have to leave from the tip of Florida and start driving north. It's going to take me a full day just to drive out of the state of Florida. You know, and if I'm headed to Maine to preach or New York or if I'm going, I mean, I'm going to, 
Not even, th- you know, not even calculating the fact that God is taking us to something greater. He's getting ready to increase us. Taking us higher. So now, I'm, I'm not the only, so it's like, you know, now I got to believe for a plane ticket. Yeah, God's bigger than that. It's not just me flying around, leaving everybody home. It's me. It's the family. It's the team. God took us. Let me tell you, God has so violently increased our ministry that it doesn't even make sense to the natural mind. Didn't make sense to our accountants' minds through 2020. I've told you that uh, story. It didn't even make sense to our accountant's mind when she's like, are you sure these are, these numbers are correct? Because you're reporting that like that you over doubled in 2020. Yeah. And if you thought 2020 was great, keep on checking because 2021 greater, 2022 greater, 2023 greater by a lot. And 2024 is going to blow minds in your life and in mine, in your business and in this ministry and your ministry too. It's going to blow people's minds. They won't even understand how is this possible. But the key, you cannot become ashamed of what God's done for you. Stay single-minded. No, I'm blessed. God said I'm blessed. I've got harvests coming. I've got seeds in the ground. I've got bigger seeds getting ready to go in the ground. Getting ready to go to another level. I came across something that blew my mind. I I was studying, reading about this. You know, King Solomon, that's David's son. Solomon's riches, you know, do you know why he was so blessed? Because he asked the Lord to grant him wisdom as a king. Grant me wisdom. Let me tell you, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, wisdom will actually grant you riches. Listen, listen to Proverbs chapter three, verses 13 and 14. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain greater than fine gold. Yeah, because if all you have is stuff and you lose it, it's gone. But if you've got wisdom, wouldn't matter. Even if they took it from you, you'd have it all again in no time. Why? Because you have the wisdom. You've got the wisdom and wisdom produces. It's greater than silver. It's greater than gold. It's greater than diamonds. One idea can take you to another level. One idea can take you to another level. Do you know, you may know the name Jordan. Oh, I, I, was, I was reading this. I, let, me, let me preface this so nobody thinks I'm a heathen. I, I understand who Jordan Belfort is. If you don't know who Jordan Belfort is, there's books out about his life because he became famous as a Wall Street trader. Later, they made that movie about him with Leonardo DiCaprio, Um, The Wolf of Wall Street, which I hope nobody saw because I heard it's like one of the filthiest films ever. But I was studying his life. I was studying the things that he had done since he was a little boy. And I was watching a YouTube video about his life, Jordan Belfort, because now he gives talks to business people about how to sell and how to close the sale and all that stuff. And I was reading about it. Think about this. When he was a boy, just gaining wisdom about how to sell things, how to sell things, how to sell things. And he and his friends got together and got some like Italian ice, you know, and they were in New York. I believe he was born in Queens and and they were in New York and they got a hold of all this Italian ice and they're out on the street, him and his friends as boys. I'm talking about boys, not teenagers, boys peddling Italian ice and selling and selling and selling and selling. These boys sold $20,000 worth of Italian ice. I'm talking boys. Boys, they figured out a system. 
They gained some wisdom, they figured out a system, and they did that without Christ and without the Holy Spirit. What can you do with Christ and with the Holy Spirit? Boys on the street selling $20,000 worth of Italian ice in the summertime? Without the Holy Ghost, without a renewed mind, without Christ. What can you do with the advantage of the Holy Spirit? What can you do with the favor of God and the blessing of God on your life? Next level things. So I was looking at Solomon because Solomon asked God for wisdom. He said, uh, God may, and, and then God answered it and made him the wisest king that ever lived. Wisest king that ever lived. But listen to this, because I was like, okay, everybody talks about the fact that King Solomon was blessed by God and that he was wealthy and, and all this stuff. But the question is, how wealthy was he really? How wealthy re- was he really? Listen to this. This will this will blow your mind. It blew my mind. The Bible records that the weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly <laughs> on an annual basis was 666 talents of gold. Besides that, from traveling merchants, from the income of traders, from all the kings of Arabia, and from the governors of the country. It is also reported in 2 Chronicles 9, every year King Solomon received over 25 tons of gold. In addition to the taxes paid by the traders and merchants, the kings of Arabia and the governors of the Israelite districts also brought him silver and gold. Listen, the sum given is Solomon's annual income, 666 talents of gold is a massive figure. Okay, so listen to this. What was that in today's standard? (laughs) Tells about what the talents were and all this other, you know, gold being about $1,500 an ounce at the time of this writing. Listen, that means that the, (laughs) the value of the gold Solomon received every year equals the sum of 1.0 nine billion dollars 1.09 billion dollars a year so solomon reigned for uh 40 years which means that his net worth from just that collection alone was 43.7 billion dollars just from gold that he received every year. 40, $43.7 billion just in gold. Now this is Solomon, and listen to me, this is in ancient times. This is in ancient times. Don't think of $43.7 billion today, right? Just think back. I want you to think back for a second to the 1950s. You ever watch these movies that 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 depict the 1950s and people go into a diner and they go into the diner, there's the blue light special and you can go into the diner and get, you know, you get a cup of coffee for a nickel and people pay, you know, 35 cents for dinner, (laughs) 35 cents for dinner in the 1950s. You get a special at the diner, nickel for coffee, 35 cents for a meal. We're talking about that's the 1950s. People were buying homes in the 1950s for what people are buying cars for now. (laughs) What people were buying cars for. That's how much they paid for homes and less in the 1950s. So don't don't think of 47, uh, whatever it is, 40, what did I tell you, 43.7. Don't think of $43.7 billion as in today, like Jeff Bezos. Think back to ancient times, ancient times. Before the inflation of thousands of years, 
because even in the article it says it should be noted that the it doesn't represent the same buying power in the ancient times that it does today because today 43.7 billion dollars wouldn't even make you the richest person in the world let alone the richest person in the United States of America so you go over it and understand this is thousands of years ago and God added this to Solomon and had no problem with it had no problem with it David and the elders gave that $20 billion in gold and silver just to build the temple. That was simply to build the temple. (laughs) We serve a God who's an opulent God. He's a more than enough God. Look at how God rolls. The streets of heaven are paved with the purest gold that there is. His gates are made of one pearl. There are gems. There are jewels throughout heaven. He sits on a throne. His feet are resting. That's pavement to God. That's pavement. You think God has an issue? And then there's people that think God has an issue because they got a new car. Oh, got a new car. And then people try to shame you for it as though the blessing of God is something to be ashamed about. It's foolishness. I'm, I'm doing this tonight. I'm doing this rant to get it in your spirit that you should never again for a millisecond ever be ashamed that God put something in your hand and in your life. If God blessed you, that doesn't mean you get prideful about it. It doesn't mean you go around boasting about it and bragging about it. But you can definitely brag on the goodness of God. You can definitely brag on the goodness and the mercy and the power of God to provide for you and to take you into more than enough. No question about it. No question about it. That's why if I ever hear about preachers getting blessed, if I ever hear about things happening for people or, or whatever may happen, I never, I can't believe that I, had a, I wish that. No, I get excited about it. I get very, very excited about it. Hallelujah. If I hear about Christians getting blessed, I get very, very excited about it. Let me tell you, just, just, the, um, just the, the, the miracle testimony that we're going to share on Sunday morning has me very excited, and it's not even my testimony. It is in the sense that I've been praying for it and believing for it, but it's, it has, it's not me, has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do with the ministry. It's for the people of our church, it's for members of our church, and I'm excited. I mean, to the point of ready to dance, ready to dance over it, because just what I'm telling you, uncommon things this year. God's going to do uncommon things for you. He's going to do uncommon things for us. Don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed when God blesses you. I can't imagine being ashamed because my father, my natural father, blessed me. And he has blessed me. My mother, they've blessed me a lot. A lot. They've blessed me a lot. But I can't imagine being ashamed that my father and mother, my natural father and mother, have blessed me. Oh, Your dad did that for you. Yes, he's my dad and he's a great dad. It's my mom and she's a great mom. Why would I be ashamed that they blessed their son? So how much more should you not be ashamed that you have a perfect heavenly father that loves you more than any words could describe and wants to open heavens over you and pour out blessings that you don't even have room to contain them all. That's what overflow is. That's what it overflows. Your cup, the Bible says, overflows. He's going to keep pouring and pouring and pouring on you until you've got no other places to receive that increase. And then all of a sudden it starts spilling out everywhere into the people around you. That's how you're blessed to be a blessing. You spill out. I just gave away, 
I, I went through my through through the things that in my closet through this. I put I got huge black garbage bags because that's the only thing I could get to hold it all. I just gave away three now four four massive garbage bags of clothes and shoes. There's just so much stuff. I don't have any room for any of it anymore. I don't mean old. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't mean old smelly stuff that's been around since the 1980s. You know, an old Jaws t-shirt with like 19 holes in it because it's been. I don't mean that. I mean stuff that still, I, stuff that I could have sold. Stuff that I could have sold online and just give it away. Just, just give it away. Some of the stuff still had tags on it. it hasn't even been worn. I don't even have room. People, I, I mean, I give so much. Increase comes. I don't have room. <laughs> I give stuff. I'm giving pairs of shoes away. I'm giving, I just gave, gave guns away. I mean, I'm giving stuff away. I, I don't have room for any of it. I don't have room. I don't have room. <laughs> I don't. And that's, that's your story. You don't have room. You're not going to have any room for what God is going to do in your life. None. You're, that's what overflow is. That's what overflow, and you're going to overflow. Your cup overflows. <laughs> and I'm just telling you this because I want you to run through 2024 with no shame in your game. None. Somebody even tries to make you feel guilty because God blessed you. You just smile, smile and laugh. <laughs> My cousin said this one time I laughed and I was, I was with him when he said it. He said, people come to you and they say, oh, it must be nice sitting in first class. Oh, it must be nice to have a new car. Just tell them, it's very nice. Very, very nice. <laughs> like I'm supposed to be ashamed. Oh, it must be nice living in a house like that. Yeah, it is. Very nice. That's why I bought it. It's very nice. <laughs> I didn't want to buy something that was crappy, so I bought something very nice. <laughs> I love it when people try to shame you. I like to see people's faces, you know, if I'm traveling somewhere and, and, you know, if it is just like me and one other person and we're sitting in the first class and then there's the person sitting next to me. So what do you do? <laughs> so what do you do for a living? I'm a minister. I'm a preacher. I pastor and I travel and I evangelize. Oh, and then they quickly go back to their book. You want to shut down a conversation on an airplane very quickly. Just tell somebody you're a minister. So what do you, they'll talk to you for the whole plane ride. I mean, they'll talk to you and talk, and you keep asking penetrating questions about them, and they're so interested, and they love people love to talk about themselves, and then they realize, man, I've been talking about myself for the whole plane ride. What do you do? You know, what? Do, I'm a preacher. Oh, they go back to their book. They don't want to talk anymore <laughs> after they've dropped 32 f bombs telling you what they do and what about their life and. Their <laughs> I, I decided I'm just going to start telling people, uh, I'm, in, I'm in population management for the CIA. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of population reduction for the CIA because they don't, know, they don't know what to do. You know, you're a pastor? Yeah, I'm a pastor. You're in first class, though. Yes. Yes, I am. I am a pastor, right? I, I, I'm going to start telling them, I'm only riding in first class until my, jets, until my jet comes. <laughs> then, then it really, then it really makes people like <laughs> freaks them out. I'm only riding up here in first class until my jet comes. Don't be ashamed of the goodness of God, the blessing of God. And I'm blown away. I'm blown away by how many Christians try to make other Christians feel guilty for the fact that they're blessed. Don't allow that. 
Don't allow that. Don't allow yourself to may, be made to, be, to, to feel guilty, ashamed. Don't be ashamed of your blessing. You know what? I, I, I was preaching on praise one time. And as I was preaching on praise, I, um, I had a phrase come to me. And I just started preaching it real hard and I felt the anointing hit it. And I feel the same way about this subject right now. But I, uh, I started saying this because, you know, if people see you start praising in church and you start really praising God to where you're dancing and you're shouting and the power of God's on you. And I mean, you're just, you're, and it looks undignified because, you know, when you really start praising, it looks undignified. It really looks undignified. It's like, who cares? Because I'm not, I'm not praising for your viewing pleasure. I'm, pr I'm praising for his viewing pleasure. I want God to be pleased with my praise. So I, uh, I told him as I was preaching, don't judge my praise. You don't know where I've been. And I mean, when I started uh, shouting that and I started singing it and I started saying it, don't judge my praise. You don't know where I've been. Which means the whole point of that, of that phrase is if you knew what God's done in my life. If you knew where he'd brought me from, what he's kept me from, how he's protected me, how he's healed my family, how he's blessed us, how he's how he filled our family with the Holy Ghost, how he kept us from death. I mean, if you knew all the things that God's done for me, you'd be praising like this too. You'd be praising like this too. That's why I said, don't judge my praise. You don't know where I've been. When you see somebody giving God the highest praise, you know God did something for them. They've got a testimony. No, or they're, they're pressing in for a breakthrough like they've never had before in their life. Don't judge my praise. You don't know where I've been. You don't know where I've been. <laughs> and the other thing I'll say about this, because I feel the same way about this not being ashamed of my prosperity and you not being ashamed of yours. Don't judge my blessing. You don't know what I've done to get here. Woo. You don't. If you could look back through a ledger of my faithfulness, if you could look back through a diary of my dedication, if you could look back through and see what I've done on behalf of the kingdom, because the Bible says if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will just be added unto you. So don't judge where I'm at now and be all upset about it because you don't know what it took to get me here. You, you weren't there when I was sowing the biggest seeds of my life. You weren't there when it didn't look natural or normal. And the Lord told us to empty our bank account. You weren't there. You weren't there when my wife and I barely had anything and we were just starting in the ministry and we were believing for the biggest things we ever had. And we came home from a Sunday morning service and the Lord said, so empty your bank account. And so everything, every dollar you have into the offering at the church. And we're stepping out to get ready to do the biggest thing that our evangelistic ministry had ever done in the history of our ministry that was going to cost us tens of thousands. And the Lord said, empty all your accounts, not one of them, all of them. So people weren't there when we wrote one check and emptied all of our accounts, checking, savings, money, market, and all of the rest. They weren't there when that happened. They weren't there when we sowed the biggest things we'd ever sown and looked, sitting there looking at, I don't know how in the world this is going to come to pass. I mean, we, nobody was there for that. They weren't there for us or, or around us when we were in the hospital room praying and believing God and fasting. They weren't there. So people can judge it if they want, but they don't know what it took to get you where you are today. 
You didn't just show up at your blessing. You didn't just walk in. You're not an, there's no such thing as an overnight success. This ain't the lottery. This ain't the lottery. You didn't get numbers pulled out of it. They didn't turn the power balls around. And then all of a sudden you, you're over. No, you, this, there's no such thing as an overnight success in the kingdom. No such thing. They weren't there when you were faithful. They weren't there when you were faithful over a little. Now they want to make you feel bad for being ruler over much. And they weren't there when you were faithful over a little. Nobody was looking at you because you were in the shadows with a little. But you were faithful with that little. And because you were faithful with that little, God said, there's somebody I can promote and grabbed you by his mighty right hand and lifted you up head and shoulders above the rest and put you in a position where you're now ruler over much. And now people want to come by and give you a hard time because you've got more than enough and you're operating in the excess, the overflow and the prosperity of heaven. But they weren't there when you were in the shadows taking care of a little bit. Nobody cares to talk to you when you're taking care of a little bit, but they now they want to get all up in your business and act like that they've been around, they got something to say when you are now operating in the overflow. But I didn't get here overnight. I've been doing this and serving the Lord for 35 years. I'm 41, but I've been serving the Lord for 35 years. I've been speaking in tongues for 35 years. I've been tithing for 35 years. And I stand here today blessed because I've been faithful over a little. Now he's making me ruler over much. And because he is, he'll get all the praise and the glory for it. But you can better believe I ain't going to be ashamed, not one moment of what God's doing in my life and in my family and in this ministry and at Miracle Word Church. There's no way that we're going to apologize. You can say anything you want to say. Ain't no way. You're not getting any press releases from me. Well, it's come to my attention that we've been a little bit excessive talking about the financial blessing of God. And we've been, it comes to my attention now, and I'm looking back over at some of my notes over the last year. And I realized that I went a little overboard talking about, it. you're never going to get a press release from me. Ain't nobody going to get me on camera talking about, well, you know, I used to believe that way, but after further inspection of my theological doctrine and my position, I'm really going to take a few steps back and rethink the, the thing. I, I, ain't rethink, I, already, I thought about it before I preached it. I thought about it before I preached it. That's why I preached it. <laughs> Here's a clue. If you think about it before you preach it, you don't have to be apologizing because you didn't think about it before you said it. Yeah, I thought about it. Not only did I think about it before I preached it, I studied it before I preached it. I lived it before I preached it. I proved it before I preached it. That's why I can preach it. And that's why it manifests. And that's why it comes to pass. Because I'm not just out there throwing thoughts into the air. This ain't some TED talk. I've lived it. I've preached it. I've studied it. I've watched it. I've worked it. It's manifested. And I know it's true. And I can preach it and see it manifest. And there ain't no way I'm apologizing. I know the world wants us to, to back off. I know religious people want us to shut up and, and quiet down. And I, I know. I know they do. They ain't going to get it from us, though. If you, thought, if you thought we're a lot now, if we're too much for people now, get ready for where we're headed in 2024. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If they got an issue over in the small room in the embassy, get ready for 2024. I know we won't be there much longer, but if you thought it was, if you thought God was doing a lot then, get ready. You ain't seen nothing yet. Baby, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> this is something that you never will forget. Yeah, that's my theme song in 20, 2024. 
<laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, yeah, baby. Because God's getting ready to do some stuff that's so big, it's going to make the devil's head spin. And he's going to be pulling his little hair out because he can't stand to see what God's about to do for his faithful people. Because the kingdom of God is based on increase. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear. It doesn't go backward in the kingdom. We move forward in the kingdom. It's never ending increase until Jesus comes. That's why we still have people. We still got people that jump on the broadcast. I'll educate them if they're interested to know. Somebody asked recently, what do you do when you got people telling you that Jesus was poor so you shouldn't talk about stuff like that because if it was going to work, it would have worked for Jesus. He's the son of God. And he's like, yeah, pick up your Bible and actually read it. And you'll find out Jesus was not poor. Mary and Joseph started out in a position where they didn't have enough, and that's why they gave the, uh, the sacrifice of turtle doves, which if you go back to Leviticus, was proof that they didn't have a lot. But as soon as Jesus came into their lives, it attracted wealth. Wise men showed up with bags of gold, bags of frankincense, bags of myrrh, enough money to take them to Egypt for years, avoiding assassination. Jesus had a money bag. He had a treasurer. He had wealthy business people that were his partners that traveled with him, Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, and they commonly gave into his ministry and provided for everything that was needed. And they had more than enough. Say, how do you know Jesus' ministry had more than enough? Because Judas consistently and commonly stole from the money bag and they kept on going. Constantly embezzled money from Jesus. Constantly. I, now, this isn't in the Bible, but I personally believe, I mean, I don't, I don't believe that went on for, for that time and Jesus had no knowledge of it. But it's just like another thing to rub it in the devil's face. If you think you can steal from me and stop my ministry, keep on trying because we walk in the overflow. So Judas, embezzle all you want to embezzle and realize we'll still have more than enough. We'll still have far more than enough. Judas, the Bible says, he commonly, he didn't say this because he, you remember Judas got bent out of shape because a woman brought a jar of perfume that was worth a year's wages, a year's wages and broke it open and began to put it on Jesus' body, anointed him for his burial. Judas got bent out of shape. I can't believe she's done this. They should, we should have sold that and gave the money to the poor. And the Bible tells on him and said, he didn't say this because he was interested in the poor, but because he commonly stole from the money bag. What Judas was really saying was, we should have sold that and put the money in the treasury so I could have taken a little bit. <laughs> because he was a thief. He was embezzling from Jesus' ministry. I don't personally believe that Jesus was unaware of this going on. I think Jesus allowed it to go on just to prove to every devil, you think you can steal from me and you're going to shut my ministry down? We've got more than enough to where I've got somebody that's a full-time embezzler and you can't even stop this ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You understand that? Jesus had far more than enough. The early church, the Bible says when the church was formed, the church had no needs. No needs. No needs. The Bible said if there was somebody added to the church that had a need, immediately another believer would sell something, move some things around, and provide, and there were no more needs. Hmm. He is faithful. God is so good 
that nobody can even describe the level of his goodness. Words aren't enough. What natural words are you going to use to describe the fullness of God's goodness in your life? There are no, there's not enough words. That's why, do you ever think about this? That's why we need eternity. The whole reason we need eternity is because he's so great. He's so magnificent that if every believer that ever lived in the history of the world gave him praise and glory and honor, there's not enough people with enough words, with enough praise, with enough worship directed toward him, including with the angels. That, that's why we need unlimited amount of time because he's unlimited in his worthiness of our praise, glory, honor. His majesty is so unfathomable, there's nothing we could say or do in any given period of time. That's why I can't stand it when people say in a church, let's give him all the praise he's due today. You can't give him all the praise he's due. You can't give him all the glory he's due, the honor he's due. I'd have to clap till my hands fell off. I'd have to dance till my feet fell off. I'd shout till I had no vocal cords because I can't. He's too unlimited in his greatness, in his power, in his goodness, in his mercy. I couldn't. That's how big he is. And people think God's not big enough to get him a house. You think God cares about a house or a car or a job? God's bigger than that. Don't get hung up on a house. Don't get hung up on a car. When I say hung up, you know, well, you know. So let me, let me give you the end of this. Because see, people don't even think through their own arguments. I had people from my own, I had professors at Bible schools arguing with me about when I, I told you early in the broadcast that there was a, a preacher who was raising that money to buy that $65 million jet. And I have professors at Bible school, he, he, he doesn't need to be doing that. And blah, he could do, and somebody said, he could have got a jet for much cheaper than that. You know what I asked them? Because I want you to think about this. If something is true, if a principle is true, it's true at every level. It's true in scale. It's true at a small level. It's true at a massive level. So if you, you think that's how God has to operate, well, you could have got another jet for cheaper. Yeah, but I didn't. I got this one and it costs more. It's nicer. I asked that person because this principle remains true in this situation. I said, do you own a pair of Nike running shoes? I think I actually said name brand running shoes, you know, to be more general, whatever the name brand is, Nike, Adidas, whatever. Do you own Yeezys? I asked the person, do you own a pair of name brand running shoes? Well, yeah, of course. Oh, I said, really? So you, you spent a hundred dollars plus on running shoes. I said, you know, they have running shoes at Walmart for $8 and 88 cents on rollback. How come you didn't go to Walmart and buy $8, 88 cents running shoes? They do the same thing on your feet. They do the same thing. They protect your feet from whatever you're walking on. You can even run in them. I asked them straight up, if you own name brand running shoes, tell me why you did that when you could have easily spent 90% less and instead of spending $109, you could have gone down and bought for $8.88 at Walmart a pair of running shoes that will work just as good. So tell me, tell me how you're going to give this preacher a hard time because he had the faith to believe for a $60 million jet or he could have got a $30 million jet. Yeah, you could have bought $8 running shoes, but you didn't. So that's hypocritical to try to apply that standard to him, though he's at a much larger scale than your running shoes. But you don't even believe, it's proof. They don't even believe that principle in their own life. Have you ever, let me ask you a question. 
Have you ever gone out to Longhorn Steakhouse and, and got a meal and bought a steak and potatoes and green beans and a salad and an appetizer? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Did you pay $40 for dinner? Did you pay $50 for dinner? How come you didn't go to McDonald's? You could have got a dinner that would have filled your belly the same way for seven, eight, seven, eight dollars You decided to spend $50 on dinner. You could have spent $8 on dinner and gave the rest to the poor. <laughs> Let me tell you something. People don't even believe that principle in their own life. And that's what you hear all the time. He could have taken that money and given it to the poor. Do you live like that? Do you make sure that your kids only eat the bare minimum and wear the bare minimum and ride in the bare minimum? I always laugh at people. Then I check the, I, I look outside in the parking lot and see that they're driving a brand new F-150. Oh, you got yourself a brand new Lincoln Navigator. Now, how come you didn't go buy a broken down Honda Civic and give the rest to the poor? They don't even believe that. People that talk like that don't even believe that. It's a foolish way to think. And I'm just giving you some fuel here because this is the kind of nonsense that you'll hear when you start walking in the blessing of God because God blessed you. People want to give me a hard time. <laughs> I was laughing one time because somebody, somebody was watching the broadcast as I was teaching and they put, oh, here's a preacher. He probably drives like a, and then they named some four by four. And so Tiffany wrote in the comments, his truck is actually far nicer than that. <laughs> Yeah, you think I'm going to be ashamed? You know what I'd really like to see? I'd like to compare our giving statements for people that, I, I, they don't want to do it because most of those people that talk like that, they don't even give God anything anyway. But if you really want to give me a hard time, if you want to give the Victory Tribe a hard time, if you really want to give Miracle Word Church a hard time, let's compare giving statements and see who's really doing more for the kingdom. Because I can guarantee you, it isn't you that's going around that's upset and mad at everybody. Let's compare giving statements. I'll compare giving statements with you for gross total and I'll compare ratio and percentage with you because I got a kingdom slice that's big. I got a big, big, big kingdom slice. So I don't care. Well, you actually make more money than me so it wouldn't be fair to compare giving statements. I don't care. I'll compare ratio with you because I ain't tithing. I'm doing a whole lot more than tithing. So let's, if you want to give me a hard time for walking in the blessing, how do you think the blessing came? The blessing came because I give like a crazy person. I give like I have mental problems. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. In the years, I mean, even, even this year, building a church, you know what they would tell you? Well, the best business practice, I mean, you're building a church, so you need to keep everything, you know, you need to keep everything in-house. You need to make sure all the offerings just go to your church and keep all the money. To get. No, no, no. We're giving money out of the church. We're giving like we have mental problems. Because we believe the word. 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 We're giving like we're crazy. Because we know you can't beat God giving. You can't beat God giving. It's impossible. It is totally impossible. So don't be ashamed. You're going to get blessed in such a way. I'm talking to faithful. Listen, when I say this stuff, Understand that I'm not blanket prophesying. I'm not blanket prophesying. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm not talking to everybody in the body of Christ. I'm not talking to anybody that may listen to this broadcast or podcast or come across this video on YouTube. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to the faithful people of God, the people that actually do what the Bible says. 
It's impossible to do what the Bible says and not end up in prosperity and riches and wealth. Now, I want you to understand that. That's different for everybody. Because what does it mean to operate in prosperity? It means that you have more than enough to accomplish your full purpose with plenty left over. That's what it is. It doesn't mean that God's going to make every person a billionaire. It doesn't mean that every person is going to be a, become a, you know, you're not going to, every person doesn't need a hundred million dollars. Do the thing God called you to do, accomplish your purpose with far more than enough left over. That's what blessing and prosperity is. That's what prosperity is. To do everything that God's directed you to do and have far more than enough left over. Far more, and you're going to have far more. Let me read this. I, I know we got to pray here in a second, and I got to let you go to sleep, but this is Friday Night Live. We're going. Come on, Brother Ron. Rocket fuel in the comments. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man, not cursed. Come on. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Are you following the account, the counsel of the wicked? I don't think so. I don't think you're following the counsel of the wicked. You're not standing in the way of sinners. You're not doing what they do. You're not living like they live. You're not sitting in the seat of scoffers. Are you mocking the ways of God? I don't think so. You're not mocking God's ways. That's who these that's who the Bible's talking about here. People that follow the advice of the wicked, do the same thing sinners do, and, and scoff at God's ways and his system with people that are mockers. That ain't you. That's not what you're doing. No, you are verse 2 and verse 3. Your delight is in the law of the Lord, and you're meditating on it day and night. Okay, well, if that's your story, then what's going to happen for you? You'll be like a tree planted... By streams of water. Say, so what does that look like? You know the difference between a tree that's planted in the desert and a, pl a tree planted by streams of water? You have plenty of nutrients to suck up into those roots and up into the tree. You know what that means? Plenty of resources coming into you. If you've never looked at it that way, look at it this way in Psalm 1-3. You'll be like a tree planted by rivers or streams of water. What does that mean? It means that your roots are sucking up plenty of resources, plenty of resources, plenty of resources. You got more than enough coming into you to make you strong. That yields fruit in its season. You're not going to go to a place where you don't have fruit production. We're never without fruit production. Put it in the comments. I am never without fruit production. I am never without fruit production. Its leaf does not wither. That's the next blessing. We don't diminish. We don't move backwards. We don't get smaller. We get bigger. We increase. We don't diminish. Our leaves don't wither. Our leaves don't wither. <laughs> we only increase. We only go higher. We only get bigger. We only get stronger. And then look at this. I think, I think God may have put a misprint here in the Bible. Just check yours real quick. I've got the Holy Bible. But I think there might be a misprint here. I'm reading this verse 3. Just, just, just make sure that I don't have a misprint in mine. 
Check what yours says. Mine says, in all that he does, he prospers. <laughs> Mine says, in all that he does. Might be a misprint, though. Check yours. Check yours just to make sure if it says the same thing as mine. Where was this printed? United States of America. And in all that he does, he prospers? That's not right. There's no way this can be right. God's not for the prosperity gospel. This time about the godly. There's no way this can be right, though. It's got to be a misprint. In all that he does, he prospers? Does your Bible say that too? Or is this just, is this just mine? Seems a little over the, overboard to me. In all that he does? In all that he does? Not some, not a few things, not the things God sovereignly chose. In all that he does, he prospers? Very interesting. I don't know how the Bible says that when God's against the, the prosperity doctrine. I, I, I don't get it. In all, so somebody who meditates on the law of the Lord, delights in the law of the Lord, Will prosper in all that he does? No, oh, Sandy's Bible says the same. I think we might have bought it at the same place. Hmm. Ben checked two translations and they say the same thing. Just, just to be safe, let's pop over to Psalm 112. Just to be safe. <laughs> just to be safe, Psalm 112. Let's check it together. Praise the Lord, verse 1. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Hold on a second. Verse 3. Wealth and riches are in his house. That can't be right. And his righteousness endures forever. Does that say that for real? Does your Bible say that? Wealth wealth and riches will be in his house? I like when people come up to you and go, uh, brother, that means spiritual wealth and spiritual riches, brother. Doesn't mean natural wealth. It means spiritual wealth. Letty said even my Spanish Bible says the same thing. Letty, write it, write the, copy and paste the verse in Spanish into the comments or write it. That portion only. Wealth and riches are in his house. Wealth and riches are in his house. Put the Spanish version in the comments for me. Okay. Well, if you say, well, it's, it's spiritual wealth, brother. It just means spiritual wealth and riches. Okay. Well, if that's the case, can we jump down to verse number 10? Let's just jump down to verse number 10 because the Bible says the wicked man sees it and gets angry, gnashes his teeth and melts away, and the desire of the wicked will perish. So if it's spiritual wealth and spiritual wealth, spiritual wealth is internal. Spiritual riches are internal. How does the wicked man see that? If that's what this really means, that it's spiritual wealth. It's spiritual riches. How does a wicked man see it then? Does he see inside your spirit? Does a wicked Is a wicked man discerning the thoughts and the intents of your heart? Is he looking inside your spirit, man, and seeing these spiritual wealth and riches you're operating in? No. 
Do you know why wicked people are getting angry? Because actual wealth and actual riches will be in the house of the righteous and the godly, and there will be nothing that the wicked can do to stop you from producing the thing God called you to produce. You'll have more than enough left over. More than enough left over. You know why? Because let me tell you what's going to happen for the godly. Wealth and riches will be in their house. Wealth and riches will be in their house. Wealth and riches will be in their house. Wealth and riches will be in your house. Wealth and riches will be in your house. I'm, somebody, I'm sure somebody will copy this and just clip this portion out so they can make another YouTube video about it. Let them make it. Let them make it. While they're making that video for YouTube, wealth and riches will be in my house. Hallelujah. <laughs> While they're mocking you, God's piling on more wealth and riches in your house because your faithfulness is provoking the favor of God. Your faithfulness provokes the favor of God. Your faithfulness provokes the favor of God. More than enough. People will run. People will show up to bless you. <laughs> Wow, there's the Spanish version. I don't know what any of it means, but it looks good. It looks so good. Riquezas must be riches. Amazing. While they're mocking and while they're getting upset and you know, bent out of shape, God's going to keep piling wealth and riches into your house because we're living in a year of we're under open heavens and God's going to pour out blessings you don't have room enough to contain and don't be ashamed about it, get bold about it and don't apologize to anybody because you have a heavenly father who sits on a throne that's so good to his children that all he does is take you into a place where the Lord is your shepherd, you will not lack. He'll take you to a place and lay you down next to still waters, right in green pastures. He'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He'll make your cup overflow. Goodness and mercy will follow you for the rest of your life. Not problems and issues, not lack and poverty, not sickness and disease, not depression and anxiety. Goodness and mercy will follow you for the rest of your life. Glenn puts Proverbs 8, verses 20 and 21 in the comments, I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth that I may fill their treasuries. Thank you, Brother Glenn. That I may fill their treasuries. Let me tell you what to expect in 2024. Expect God to fill your treasury. Expect God to cause you to inherit wealth in 2024. Oh, brother. Uh, you're talking about that prosperity gospel. I am. And the reason I'm doing it is because God set it aside for his children. And if God gave it to me, I'll never be ashamed about it. I'll be excited about it. I'll praise him for it. I'll thank him for it. I'll dance in his presence because of it. I'll sing. I'll talk about his goodness. I'll brag about his power because he's the one. He's the source of everything good. That's why we don't put our... Uh, faith in the arm of men or the strength of flesh, Jeremiah 17, 5. Because the Bible says, cursed is the man who puts his trust in the arm of flesh and in doing so turns his back on God. 
We're not trusting in the flesh. We don't trust in the government. We don't trust in corporations. We don't trust in the stock market. We don't trust in the culture. We trust in God alone. And if you want to talk about somebody that will take you to a place that you could not get to on your own, a place that you could only get by supernatural favor and power, it is the Lord our God. He is the Lord our God. He's the mighty God. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is El Shaddai, God Almighty, the all-sufficient one. Hallelujah. Wealth and riches will be in your house. The wicked will see it and get angry and grind their teeth. I can't stand them. can't believe they're blessed again. Ugh. I want wicked people to literally pass by the house, pass by the church, pass by whatever we're doing, the ministry offices, and just be Ugh, I don't understand it. It's already begun. It's already begun. And I'm just going to laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and laugh. And you're going to laugh your way through the year. Let me encourage you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't get excited. No, just laugh your way through the year. That's right, Jack. Ignorance speaks against wealth and prosperity. What do you want, lack and poverty? Does that make you more holy? No, you can live holy. You can live holy in lack and poverty. It'll bring you into blessing. You know how I know? The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, that God will not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. Psalm, or Isaiah 1, 19, if you're willing and obedient, what are you going to eat? The good of the land. The good of the land. Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Job 36, 11, if they'll only obey and serve me, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. <laughs> and then the Psalms I just read you. It's all through the Bible. Don't act like it's not there. It's there. It's there. If you'll humble yourself before the Lord in due season, he will exalt you. God grabs a hold of you by his mighty right hand and lifts you up head and shoulders above your generation. That's going to be your story. I ranted tonight for this purpose, to let you understand and know not only is God going to bless the faithful like he's never done in 2024, but a new boldness is coming on you to walk in a place where you're unapologetic about the goodness and the favor of God that's upon your life. Not apologizing. Though people want us to, we're not going to apologize. We're not going to be all uh, falsely, you know, walking to false humility. Well, you know, it's uh, no, thank you. People want to slang, slang things around. That's fine. Let them, let them gossip. Let them talk about, you know what my grandfather used to say? People would get out there and start gossiping and start talking and start telling stuff. You know what he'd say? At least they're talking about me. <laughs> at least they're talking about me. You know what that means? All it means is you're worth talking about. You're worth talking about. Say, why is that? Because God knows how to make his children a spectacle. God knows how to bless you in such a way that it's impossible not to take notice of it. That's an exploit. Notable achievement, something worth talking about. And they that know their God will be strengthened and produce exploits. At least they're talking about me. <laughs> oh yeah. And God's going to bless you like that. This is your year to stand in a thing that's so marvelous that all we'll be able to say is, 
it's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. <laughs> Eric is in here with the music lyrics. Let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> I see you. You can't slip it past. God's going to bless you. I'm going to pray for you before we go. I know we got it's Friday night live. I'm going to pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the strength of what God's doing in this time of fasting and prayer. Today, day 11, we're getting ready to step into day 12 tomorrow. We're past halfway through the fast. This thing's flying by. I'm telling you, I feel the strength of our church being on the fast. I feel the strength of our victory tribe being on the fast. God's doing something. God's doing something big in and through us. Big in and through us. Get ready to shout your way through the year. Get ready to dance your way through the year by the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercies. Lord, hallelujah. We're so thankful that you've opened the windows of heaven over us. Thank you. You're pouring out blessings right now. Lord, before this fast comes to an end, do things that are surprising for your children. Do things that don't even make any sense for your children. I pray that you would do things that would make, their, make your children a spectacle in 2024. In the name of Jesus. Woo, glory to God. Do things that you can only you can take the glory for. Only you can take the praise for. That, that nobody can sweep under the rug. That nobody, that, that nobody on earth could take the credit for. That no man, it could look like, well, maybe, maybe their job did it for them. Maybe a, a, a loved one did it for them. No. Do things that are so big that only you can take the credit for it. Lord, I'm praying for those right now, those that have already written in and those that continue to write in, that the devils attack their physical body. Right now, we as the Victory Tribe, we join our faith together and we take authority over sickness, we take authority over disease, every attack against the physical body, and we rebuke it now in the name that's above every name, Jesus Christ. And Father, I ask you, let healing virtue flow through their bodies now. Every wicked thing is running from their body in Jesus' name. Make them whole and take all the glory. I thank you. Disease is running. Sickness is running. Tumors are shrinking and disappearing. Cancer cells are dying. Blood streams are being healed. Skin is being healed. Joints are being healed. Bones are being healed. Right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, and we give you praise. Addictions are being broken right now as we pray. I thank you. Drug addiction, prescription medication addiction, pornography addiction, nicotine addiction, alcohol addiction, broken by the power of the Holy Ghost. It is the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. Lord, tonight, we thank you that you're moving on our behalf. Now lift your hands where you're watching and receive this. Lord, I ask you to give your people divine ideas. Give them divine ideas before this fast comes to an end. This will be a year that will have streams coming in from multiple directions, blessing coming in from multiple directions. So Lord, because your ways are higher than our ways, your thoughts higher than our thoughts, we submit our minds to the mind of Christ. Give us divine ideas. Speak to us with things to do. Your word declares in Isaiah that you are the Holy One of Israel, the Lord our God that teaches us to profit and leads us in the way that we should go. So tonight, 
Give us an idea, give us a leading, give us a direction, teach us to profit. Lead us in the way that we should go. And Lord, as we hear your voice, we'll run in that direction. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you and we give you praise. Now, Lord, we thank you that you have this plan to prosper us in 2024 like you've never prospered us before. We know how your system works. It's the system of seed time and harvest. So, Lord, I pray that you would give the Victory Tribe, give them an, an instruction by your spirit of a seed to release into your kingdom that will produce the harvest we're believing for. And then give us the faith to obey you. We thank you and we give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.